If you're a California conservative, a libertarian, a moderate Democrat, believe in common sense, or just a sane person, this is the political podcast for you. It's the California Underground Podcast. What's going on, everybody? Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Coffee and California Politics. How's everyone doing on this Wednesday morning where we sit, we chat, we talk about California politics over some delicious coffee? Uh, another hot one out there today. We're going to talk about, uh, well, the heat and what's going on and why you should be worried about whether or not you can turn on your lights or turn on your TV today. Um, we're going to talk about everything energy, really kind of energy, water, all that stuff. And I'm going to try to make it as like sexy as possible because I know when people probably saw this, they were like, oh, water and electricity. But if you live here in California, um, somebody said there's no sound going on right now. Let me try this. Does that work? Can you hear me now? How about that? That should be a lot better. Um, Try to make this as sexy as possible. If you can hear me, give me a thumbs up to the people in the chat who said there's no sound. Uh, If you can... Okay, cool. Thank you. Um, Thank you to everybody. uh, Whoever tells me that there's some issue going on. Uh, So anyway, as I was saying, we're going to talk about water, electricity... Stuff that, you know, probably doesn't sound super sexy um, right off the bat. But if you live here in California, you know that it is a big issue um, being able to, one, use water and two, uh, turn on the electricity. Because today there was a flex issue alert, a flex alert issued today by the California Independent System operator for all of Southern California, meaning that... um, You may not be able to turn on your lights today, and it's not always a shock. And people are, uh, if you live in California, if you live in Southern California, you know for a fact that um, there's definitely possibilities. There was one day I was just working in my office, and all of a sudden it was the first hot day of sort of early summer, and all of a sudden the power went out, which is not odd here in Southern California. And that's crazy to think in a first world country in California, which points itself as to, to be as like, uh, you know, Hey, we're this great state and we have all this great technology and we have all this stuff, um, that we shouldn't be worried about being able to turn the lights on. And that's an issue, but we're going to talk about it today. Uh, tomorrow night's podcast is going to be, I know I've been doing these like TikToks about in these reels about, uh, kind of going after noodles and responding to them and all that stuff. Uh, but tomorrow I want to go more in depth and actually watch the entire TikTok because when I do a reel, you only get like five seconds of what he's really talking about. Um, not that I'm like disingenuously editing it because you can go and watch the whole TikTok for yourself and everything I'm responding to, I'm responding to his argument in the TikTok. Uh, but tomorrow I'm going to sit down. I'm going to actually sit there and watch the TikToks. Yep, I'm going to sit there and grin and bear it through Noodles TikToks. There's a whole bunch of them because it's his new thing where he's like trying to own the red states or the red state governors because he thinks that's the way to do it is doing these TikToks. Um, but most of his arguments are pretty easy to see through and you can, we can point out really where his argument falls short. Um, also, uh, kind of going along with the theme of the show, if you want to grab one of the 
stop the brownout, support nuclear energy. That uh, is pinned below. All of your help and support goes to invest back into the show and grow the show and help the show get to more listeners and, uh, you know, spread the awareness about California and what's going on here in California. So let's get started with what is really the number one issue, which I think is water. And we're going to talk a little bit about electricity. Um, but this was from Cal Matters. This is an article this week, Gavin Newsom came out and he had a press conference in front of a desalination plant uh, in front of Antioch or in, in Antioch in front of this desalination plant where he was going to go on. And he's going on and talking about what his plan is for water. Um, and he has a lot of ideas and, I'll, you know, a lot of it does revolve around desalination. So, hey not bad. All right. You know, he does want to talk more about what's going on with desalination. I think his numbers about how many desalination plants there are and their effectiveness is a little off. He said there was something about like 37 desalination plants. I don't think there's that many. And, and it's not 37, like along the coast, it's 37, including those like with the Delta and rivers like that and brackish water, which is what he's calling them is these brackish water, uh, desalination plants. Um, there's been some that like, for example, in Huntington Beach have been shut down. Uh, they were rejected by the California Coastal Commission. But let's dive into this article and talk about it. Um, and this is from Cal Matters. Again, all links are provided in the show notes. So if you ever listen to the audio version, I always put the links of these articles I'm talking about, whether it's on this show or the Thursday night show, anything we bring up, I always put the links in the show notes, you can go read it for yourself. And if you want to go share it and talk about it yourself. Um, so California Governor Gavin Newsom today unveiled a broad strategy for bolstering the state's water supply that includes targets to recycle more water, expand reservoir storage and collect more data on the amounts farmers use. Newsom warned that new strategies are essential because California's water supply will shrink by 10% as climate change brings warmer, drier conditions throughout the state. The plan, however, has limited details, distant deadlines, and does not include a water conservation mandate. It does not include measures to substantially address water use by agriculture, which uses about four times more water in California than people in urban areas. So two big key components here. One, he doesn't really talk about agriculture, which agriculture is a very complicated and very contentious issue when it comes to water in the Central Valley and all these different farms. It's, I had the, uh, I don't know if I would say the fortunate opportunity as a freelance attorney, helping out another attorney who's in the central Valley of helping him with a water rights appeals case. Now, if you know nothing about what water rights are or water law, it's actually a very lucrative business here in the state of California. If you are a water rights expert, um, and you're an attorney who knows how to argue water rights, I knew nothing about water rights going into it. He just asked me to help write this appeal and do a lot of research on it. I spent a lot of hours on it because appeals are not easy. And then learning a whole new subject that you don't really know anything about is a whole nother issue. And let me tell you, it is one of the most complicated areas of law that I've ever seen when it comes to water rights and surface water rights, and underground water rights, and who has rights to this basin. This was specifically the Antelope Valley Basin and the, and the reservoir and who has rights to this and which farmer can 
use as much as they can and how much they're regulated. You would think that a farm basically just turns on the water here in California and whenever they need water, they just need to water. That's not really the case in California. You are actually allotted a certain amount of water. And if you go over that amount, you have to keep a, a very strict log um, of how much water you use as a farmer. And if you go over that amount, then you could be in trouble with the state and the state could come after you and sue you for taking too much water. Other, also, other private owners could also sue you for taking too much water. They could say, if you're using too much water, guess what? If you use too much water, then I don't get enough water. So it gets really, really complicated, millions of dollars in litigation fees to fight this stuff out. Um, and it just becomes a whole headache for a lot of farmers who are trying to grow a lot of what is the breadbasket of America, a lot of this produce and agriculture. And uh, the fact that he kind of glossed over this and didn't even really address agriculture is sort of the elephant in the room. If you're not going to talk about agriculture who uses a lot of water and needs a lot of water, more importantly, they need a lot of water to actually grow their crops, then you're kind of missing the boat here. It does help. Sure, if you want to keep the citizens of California happy, the people in L.A. and San Diego and San Francisco and all those, you know, the Southern California areas that really need a lot of the water because without water and without irrigation, Southern California is mostly just the desert and it wouldn't really be able to support life. Um, so without any sort of irrigation or anything where we were directing water to the Southern cities, um, there wouldn't be a lot of water down here for you to do basically anything and turn on a shower or anything like that. But as, I guess his whole plan is let's just make sure that the citizens are happy so that they don't vote me out and screw the farmers because they don't really vote for me anyway. Um, and it is complicated. I, this isn't all about agriculture, water rights. That would be a whole separate issue. And I don't think that would be um, really that kind of interesting for a lot of people to really pay attention to. But agriculture, to leave out agriculture is sort of to miss the elephant in the room. They talk about how there's not going to be any conservation efforts, uh, which is something that Governor Brown did when he was in office. If you remember, Governor Brown issued state mandates which said you can only use a certain amount. There's been legislation here in the state of California to try and reduce the amount of water you can use per home, meaning when they broke it down, basically only one person in a four-person household can actually take a shower. You'd have to like figure out whether you want to take a shower that day or you wanted to do laundry and only a certain amount of people could do take a shower based on how many people lived in your household. So multifamily households, let's say like there are multi-generational households all over California. Um, they wouldn't be able to actually take showers. Shocking enough, right? Um, but that was a proposal but that's how crazy it has been when it comes to water. And a lot of this really is pitting noodles against his own constituency and the far left enviro uh, extremists, the left who are really, really crazy about environment and the greenies. Um, he's really had to pit himself against a lot of these constituents because of the fact that he has he has to propose a lot of these issues that they're not 100% behind because desalination, stuff like that, they're not 100% on board. Because remember, when it comes to the church of climatology or the church of climate change, as I like to call it, and when you worship at the altar, you're a heretic if you step out of line just a little bit. 
And if you're not absolutely perfect when it comes to uh, your green solution that doesn't have any harm at all, because remember, you have to have perfect solutions. Forget the fact that they don't want to talk about how solar panels are. You can't recycle solar panels and you have to dispose of them and that there's a lot of toxic waste in solar panels and that if you don't do it the right way, the toxic material can leach into the groundwater and all that stuff. Um, forget that fact for a second. And also forget the fact that wind turbines kill how many birds per year because they fly right into them and how many species of birds are being really decimated because of these wind turbines. Forget that. Those are the nice shiny green objects, which they look past the mistakes. Anything like desalination, though, they always say, well, it does hurt the water and the brine goes back into the ocean. It hurts the ocean life and we don't like it. Really, Noodles is at a weird spot right now where he has to either figure out how to solve these issues where there is no water, no electricity, and make sure that California doesn't look like a third world nation where we can't get water, we can't get drinking water, we can't get electricity. Um, or does he just absolutely cave to the environmentalists? And we talked a couple weeks before about what happens when you go a little too strict with these environmental green policies. We see it in Holland. They're still protesting in Holland when it comes to these green policies and fertilizer. We saw what happened uh, with Sri Lanka and how their government absolutely collapsed because there was nothing they could do. Um, and the people were basically living in poverty situations. And they go, well, the country's bankrupt and we're all in poverty. So the government's going down. So he's sort of in this weird spot where especially considering he wants to run for governor um, or governor, he wants to run for president that he has to make some of these practical decisions where he says, look, we need to ramp up desalination. We need to ramp up nuclear power, all of this stuff. Uh, and it's stuff that people in the middle, maybe right leaning in the middle, have been saying for a long time, which is we need to get practical solutions. Um, so going on with this, uh, let's see. Despite an ongoing drought that grips the state, the governor's strategy will not increase the amounts of water available to urban areas and farms in the near area. For instance, it sets a 2030 target for recycling 800,000 acre feet of water by 2030. Acre feet per water is their actual like official measurement um, and an 8% increase from the amount recycled in 2020. The 2040 target climbs to 1.8 million acre feet. Now, keep in mind that there was a proposed desalination plant in Huntington Beach, which was rejected. The amount of water that would have been produced by this desalination plant would have been 50 million gallons a day, 50 million gallons a day. Seems like a lot. And considering that this is their proposal to increase it by 1.8 million acre feet, it seems kind of low, right? When you could just add another desalination plant and increase output. Uh, the drought is not a short-term situation. It's the new reality, and we cannot conserve our way out of this given our climate has changed. Uh, yeah, I mean, I would agree with them. You can't just keep conserving and asking for people to go without. Before you know it, people, there's not going to be any water to go without. So some of the points that were laid out in his 19 page document that the Newsom administration set out increasing desalination of brackish water by 28,000 acre feet per year by 2030 and 84,000 acre feet per year by 2040 
An acre foot of water can serve an average of three Southern California households for a year. Uh, expanding reservoir and groundwater storage capacity by about 4 million acre feet, though m- through more groundwater recharge, stormwater capture, and completing storage projects and expanding our rehabilitating existing reservoirs and dams. Uh, finalizing water efficiency standards for houses and business called for by 2018 in ways that make sense in each region. Not sure what that means, but uh, that sounds like they're going to start requiring you, everyone, to buy water-efficient appliances, meaning dishwashers, showers, sinks. All of that stuff is going to be required. Uh, laundry. Everything is going to all of a sudden have to be required by the state of California that you have to buy what is water-efficient. Putting a lot of these companies on their heels to produce a lot of this, even though there are already high-efficiency washers, they may come out with new regulations to say, you're going to have to buy something that saves even more water. Um, considering rules or other ways to streamline, modernize the water rights system, clarify senior water rights and establish more equitable fees. That's something I talked about is about uh, all of this law. I mean, they would really have to like go back and cut back a lot of law. I mean, this law goes back over 100 years, these agricultural and water laws in the state of California. So this is not like a new thing. These agricultural issues and water rights have been going on for over well over a century since California was even before it was even a state once it was a territory. Um, Expanding reservoir and groundwater storage capacity. This is something that I myself have proposed and something that I think is absolutely necessary, which is we need to have a storage. We need to have like a water savings account. Like, you know, when if you're good with your money, you kind of sit down and go, okay, uh, you know, you sit down with your significant other and go, okay, honey, we need to have how much blank in a savings account to cover whether you lose a job, whether the car needs repairs, stuff like that. And you say, okay, we're going to keep X amount of dollars in our savings account. And if it dips below that, because we spent money, our goal is to get it back up to where it was. You have to, and this is in my mind, you have to expand water storage capacity and reservoirs to a point where you can confidently say we have about three to five years of water stored up in the state of California. There is enough land and we could do this and we could figure this out with the amount of output and with this new technology to start to do this if we kind of do it all hands on deck and all the above approach to getting more water. Um we need to have storage enough for, let's say, three to five years. And let's say we get it to five years. And if we start approaching the three years because we're using too much and we're not saving enough, crank up the output and bring it back up to five years. Like that's really the goal is that we shouldn't be every single year figuring out exactly, you know, do we need to conserve water? Do we need to put more water? Where are we going to get water? How are we going to tell people to stop using water? Uh, Are we going to regulate people to use more low flow and all this stuff? We should have three to five years of water stored up. And that's something that I believe could be done in the state of California. I don't know if someone like Noodles is doing this right now just because he's trying to run for president and he's trying to make himself look good like he solved this problem. Because keep in mind, everything, if he runs for president in 2024, which Every passing day, I see Joe Biden stumble and mumble and drop sunglasses and fail to put on a jacket. I realize um, this guy can't run in 2024. He's going to get clobbered by whoever's going to be the Republican nominee, whether it be Trump or DeSantis or like that. So I think they're going to figure out a way to get rid of him. But 
that's a whole different issue. That's a whole different episode. Um, I think it's more likely he will actually throw his hat in the ring sooner rather than later because he doesn't really care. He doesn't want to serve out the rest of his term as governor of California. He's not loyal to whatever the state is. He's always trying to grab that next brass ring. Um, These are things that he has to sort of look to solve before he goes out into the rest of the country. Because if he goes out into the rest of the country and he hasn't solved, let's say, water or electricity or anything like that, that the rest of the country can look at and go, hey, look what California did. They did this really uh, new way of saving water or producing water or producing electricity and nuclear energy and stuff like that. There's not much he can really run on because his opponents are going to go, look, you know, especially if it's Trump, he's going to be like, look, you can't even turn on the lights. You can't flush a toilet in California. Okay. Listen, folks, is that what you want? Okay. Um, but these are issues that his opponents are going to point out. So I guess he's sort of stuck in this practical mindset where he does have to solve problems, how he's going to solve stuff like the homelessness and drug. Again, I'm, I'm kind of getting off topic here, but this is really kind of circling in. Why is noodles all of a sudden really concerned about this issue three, four years into his administration his first term administration he could have fixed this day one when he started walking in um even the open or the drug use safe injection sites whatever the heck they want to call it uh sitting on newsom's desk right now and he hasn't said whether he wants to sign it or not he has not shown any sort of public support for it and i called this before i said it's likely he probably won't sign it because he wants to run for president and that's something that if he signs that, whoo, his opponents are going to go after him like nothing else. And I'm going to say this is the guy who pretty much legalized addicts, homeless addicts to shoot up in your city. Um, but that's a whole different issue. That's a whole different episode. Um, I'm sure there'll be a lot to talk about when he finally announces he's going to run for president, um, which I imagine after the midterms, we're going to get uh a lot of more chatter whether Biden's going to run or not. If it's a really, um, if it's a really uh, bad midterm in, in in the sense of they get slaughtered, then I think we're going to be talking about whether Biden should go or not. Uh, somebody asked, uh, "Do noodles keep the nuclear plant in San Diego open?" Um, not the one here on the water. He kept Diablo Canyon open. That's the one he's been fighting for. There is one here, and uh, the the one that looks like uh, two breasts when you're walking or when you're going down the five. Uh, they call them the boobs. Everyone takes pictures of them and goes, boobs. Um, but there's something about that they just need one item to fix the power plant. It can actually be up and running. And this is something where the state, if they want to, they're sitting on a $100 billion surplus, could basically loan the money to the power plant, whoever's operating the power plant, Sano for it. Thank you. That's the name of it. Um, they could loan the money. They could fix that part. You'd have another nuclear power plant up and running. Two nuclear power plants, all of a sudden, it makes a big difference on the amount of electrical output. Uh, let's see. At the briefing, Noodles bemoaned that what he called a regulatory thicket, slowing these efforts and pledged to work with the legislature in the last weeks of session to help us fast track these projects. And this is what he said, quote, the time to get these damn projects is ridiculous. It's absurd. It's reasonably comedic, uh, Noodle said. I recently moved to streamline permitting for renewable energy projects, a contentious effort that lawmakers called rushed and lousy. 
The report also touted the state's controversial tunnel proposal to replumb the Sacramento-San Joaquin Delta and plumb more water south. Antioch Mayor Lamar Thorpe criticized the tunnel plan during remarks with noodles, although he voiced support for the rest of the administration's water strategy. Um, let's see. Do, 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 do. Going down, going down. Uh, for urban users, Newsom has not followed in the footsteps of former Governor Jerry Brown, who imposed a statewide conservation ma- mandate. Newsom has thus far preferred to leave the de- details to local water agencies, what he has called a mandate of local mandates. Newsom said today that his voluntary approach came out of a comprehensive analysis of lessons learned from the last drought. So one thing I think that could really be, uh, and, and this is sort of my argument for California because it's such a large state and it has 58 counties. California could basically be a mini United States when you look at it. I mean, you kind of look at California, you look at the different 58 counties. It kind of is like a mini United States. You do have, you know, up here in the state of Jefferson, you have a lot more red. It's much more uh, rural forest and all that stuff. Beautiful area. You have the coastal cities, which is in de- kind of just like the coastal cities of America. You have the inland kind of areas, which is kind of like the Midwest, which is very red. Um, you have the South, which is right on the border, which has a strong Hispanic influence. So we do. I think California does um, mirror a lot of the United States. And I think my personal opinion and my personal wish, if I could snap my fingers and help California is California needs to be run more like a federalist federalism sort of style where the counties have a lot more power to really designate a lot of stuff on their own. And the state government kind of oversees everything because right now we have a state government that tries to do these one size fits all mentalities that don't work for a large majority of the um, a large majority of the counties. For example, let's say San Diego County, the, and we'll call it like the state of San Diego says, great, we're fine with putting desalination plants up and down our coast. We'll put three desalination plants up and down our coast. That will provide San Diego with enough water for our citizens, our 4 million citizens, and we don't have to worry about water and we have enough water. There's farms in San Diego County. There's a lot of stuff going on. Uh, And San Diego County says, this is our territory and we're going to take care of it because we're the locality and we understand what our, our locality needs. Great. If there are, if there's an excess of water, then the state of San Diego can sell that or send that to another state in the California Republic. Let's say LA says, Hey, we need some more water. Would you be willing to sell it to us? And San Diego County goes, sure. We have more than enough water. We have millions of gallons and we'll send you millions of gallons. And then LA, the state of LA pays San Diego County. Same thing with orange County. If orange County is doing better than LA County, They could trade with each other and sort of create this on this local level commerce. But more importantly, you're solving the issues of these cities and these coastal areas on their own and to their local entities. So if L.A. needs water because it is a huge city and a lot of water is diverted to L.A. And you say, hey, here's your options. You can build a desalination plant. You can build two desalination plants. You can build three desalination plants. We don't really care. If you want to buy it from Huntington Beach, who 
sets it up on their own because they're not um, they're not beholden to the California Coastal Commission. You could do that as well. You can have the Huntington Beach. Um, well, yeah, I mean, Orange County, of course, you're better than L.A. Sorry to anyone in L.A. County. Um, there's good people up in L.A. County, but Orange County is much nicer. Orange County is kind of like a little brother of San Diego County or a little sister, whatever you want to call it. Um, sort of on the same wavelength, Orange County and San Diego County. But anyway, then they could kind of create their own trait and they could figure out on their own what do their own respective states need? What do what does LA, the state of LA need? Does it need more water? Is it going to buy from Huntington Beach? Is it going to buy from San Diego? Is it going to do these on a local level? Because right now what's happening is the LA area is fed through Colorado River. And a lot of this has to do with federal issues, treaties that are almost 100 years old at this point. There was a treaty, I was reading about it this morning, about um, how they kind of carved up who gets what from the Colorado River. California gets the lion's share. 1.5 million gallons actually in a treaty goes to Mexico. Um, most of it goes to like uh, Utah and Colorado and Nevada and all these different, Arizona, all these different states. Um, but that then lessens the pressure on the Central Valley who can get their water from the Colorado River. So that's why I think this one size fits all doesn't really work in a lot of instances when it comes to California overall. And I think counties need to be regulated on their own or they need to kind of control all these issues on their own with the state holding everything together and just kind of playing referee. Um, I think I kind of went off on a little bit of a tangent, but that's really my thought when it comes to these issues. Same thing with nuclear power plants. If the county or the state of San Diego says we're going to build or we're going to turn our nuclear power plant back on, they should be allowed to turn their nuclear power plant back on and say, great, we have enough. We have an abundance of cheap electricity for San Diego. Our citizens get to uh, enjoy the benefits of cheap electricity. Their electricity is $20 a month. It's fantastic. Um, they don't have to worry about spending a hundred dollars or $200 or $300 because they're running the AC to cool off their whole house. We don't have to worry about brownouts because our electrical grid is great. And guess what? We have extra electricity. Maybe we want to sell it to somebody else. And maybe a different state says, we'll buy that. We'll buy that from you, or we'll set up our own nuclear power plant. That's what I think really needs to come down to when it comes to these issues of water, and electricity is it needs to come down to a more local level. Let the localities figure out how they need to address this rather than let the state dictate whether they need it or not. And in the Huntington Beach, the California Coastal Commission is a perfect example of what happens when the state is filled with too many eggheads and too many environmental greenies who are obsessed with one agenda and one agenda only. And they can't look past the fact that, hey, these Southern California cities, Orange County, LA, San Diego, all that stuff, we need water. And this desalination plant will provide 50 million gallons a day in water. Um, and you're saying no, and we're sitting here looking at a drought and we don't have enough water. Seems kind of idiotic because now the people in Southern California and in that area specifically are going to suffer because the state run by a bunch of eggheads and bureaucrats don't really understand what's going on in Huntington beach and how Southern California is really struggling for water, how the state is really struggling for water. Um, let's see. 
Uh, final thing in this article. Today's press conference with a backdrop of brackish water desalination plant in Antioch that is under construction comes on the heel of a poll revealing that two-thirds of Californian adults surveyed said that state and local governments must do more to combat the current drought. Yeah. I mean, that's that's basic. I mean, you know, I don't know who the other third is who believes that we don't really need to combat the drought. Like what, what are the, what's the other third thinking? Are they just going like, yeah. Uh, I mean, we don't need to battle the drought. Everything's fine here. Don't worry about it. I mean, I guess those are people who live mostly in cities and don't really worry about the fact that when they turn on the water, water might not come out. Uh, let's see. And then this is from the orange County registrar. Uh, and this is just talking about statewide flex alert issued for Wednesday as heat wave moves into Southern California. So that's today. Uh, statewide flex alert. <coughs> Excuse me. Asking residents conserve electricity from 4 to 9 p.m. Wednesday, August 17th. So if you need to do anything, if you need to wash your clothes, run your dishwasher, do it right now. Because between 4 and 9 p.m. they're asking everyone to conserve. You know, the time every, when everyone's at home relaxing. Um much of the state is expected to see above average temperatures on Wednesday's official the California Independent System Operator Tuesday set in a news release. It marks the first statewide flex alert issued in 2022 by Cal ISA. That's the acronym. Um, and this is really, this is a little bit more complicated. Um, a lot of our electrical grid problems are because we haven't really invested in a lot of our electrical grid. Uh, Jerry Brown nixed the idea when he was governor of in Northern California specifically. He nixed the idea of burying a lot of power lines that would save from wildfires and updating a lot of old power lines, which when the heat is really hot, they could actually uh, short circuit and cause spark. So a lot of this has to do with the top administration where they would not allow a lot of electrical grid uh updates, refurbishments, and stuff like that. Um, and now, without a lot of electricity, and electricity being more expensive, we're starting to wonder, why is electricity becoming more expensive? And why can we not even turn on our electricity? So like I said before, uh, credit where credit is due, Noodles did actually get it right on Diablo Canyon. That's one of the nuclear power plants um, in near San Luis Obispo County. It was supposed to be shut down by 2025. However, the proposal would keep it open for another decade. And uh, that's good because we need a lot more power. And I think we need a lot more nuclear energy. I think it's the cleanest, most efficient energy we have. And we have the ability to do so. And a couple of nuclear power plants here in the state of California, we would never have to worry about whether or not we can keep the lights on. Not only that, when you have an abundance of energy supply and demand when we have an abundance of energy one we can sell it out of state to other states that need it and two your citizens get to enjoy the lower cost of not paying hundreds and hundreds of dollars for electric um so electricity and water two issues that if you live in the state of california you kind of have to worry about which is sad because most other states don't really worry about this they don't worry about whether they turn on the tap whether or not they're going to be able to get water and they don't worry about whether or not there's going to be electricity when they turn on 
Am I worried about today while I'm sitting in my office? If I'm working in the middle of it, all of a sudden the power is going to go out. And when the power goes out, guess what? So does your Wi-Fi. So does your internet. All of that stuff goes out. So I will be on the out on the you know outlook looking for possibly a brownout happening later today. Um, let's see. Someone says Diablo Canyon alone produces up to ten percent of the state's power on a given day. See, that's pretty good. Now imagine if we had three or four more nuclear power plants running and how much that would actually do. So with that said, I want to turn this over to comments, questions, conversation. That's the point of coffee and California politics is that we sit and we chat and talk about um, California politics. So I'm going to take a sip of coffee while people start to ask their questions. Uh, let's see. Sure hope power doesn't go out in my area recovering from COVID. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. It's supposed to be 105 and sack today. Yeah. We had COVID a couple months ago. Uh, it, it It's no joke. I also think I had COVID um, way back in the beginning. I thought, you know, as a hipster way of saying it, I had COVID before COVID was a thing. Um, I had it in January of 2020. I'm pretty sure I had it in January of 2020. I had all the symptoms. Uh, I couldn't taste, I couldn't smell. I, you know, I went and got like Mexican food. I went and got a California burrito with the hottest salsa you could. Um, and nothing tasted. I was tired. I was exhausted. I couldn't breathe. So, um, I think I had it way back then. We had it a couple months ago. It's no fun. You know, it, it's just a, you get a lot of flu like symptoms and nobody wants the flu getting sick stinks. So, I feel for you. If it's 105 and you're sitting there and you don't feel well, that could be pretty bad. My friend is pretty sure she had it in December 2019. Yeah, there's a lot of people who talked about um, having it earlier than when we really shut down. Is that kind of snuck in? Probably around November is when people were thinking that it kind of got into the population. How does the desalting plant actually work? I don't know. To be honest, I think they take um, the water. They have a process where they take all the salt out of it. Um, and then I think you can use that salt. Like you can actually sell that salt um, as a commodity. It's like you can actually take it and sell that salt. And then they just take that water and they sell it to people. Uh, it's a high pressure molecule filter. There you go. A molecular filter. Yeah. So there you go. I'm sure you could look up like on YouTube how it actually works. Um, but the point being is that it works. They use it in Israel um, and they live in the middle of a desert and it works for them. Now, granted, Israel is not as big as California, right? But that doesn't change the fact that California can't still do it. And I think they're starting to realize that there is this technology there and it's the best solution that we have going forward. Um, and right now, there's really not much else California can do unless, I, I mean, unless the population really decreases, which is definitely possible. I mean, the way people have been leaving California, the population could definitely be decreasing at a rapid rate. Um, then we're going to need water. You know, that's the bottom line. California needs water. Um, it has its downsides. I know that there's some, a little, a little bit of issues with it, but nothing is perfect. There's absolutely nothing that's perfect. 
Um, we're all trying to figure out what's the perfect solution, but I don't think there really is. There's always going to be a downside to everything because when there's an action, there's always got to be a reaction. Uh, this flex alert got me thinking uh, that we're already suffering consequences of so many EVs plugged to the grid without the bandwidth to handle them. Yeah. Um, I think that's that's one of those issues where they are pushing the uh, they're pushing a lot of these EVs. For example, in the Inflation Reduction Act, they talk a lot about these EVs and these tax credits and how they're really going to promote people uh, getting EVs and stuff like that. And the, uh, if you look at the language, because they require a certain amount of the minerals and the, and the compounds to come from North America, they don't come from those areas and they won't likely come from those areas. Meaning a lot of those EVs don't even exist and they won't likely exist. So they get to tout, oh, well, we're going to give a $7,500 tax credit to people who buy electric vehicles they don't exist. That's cool. That would be like saying, we're going to give you a $7,500 tax credit for you owning a unicorn. Unicorn don't exist, but thank you for the tax credit on something that doesn't exist. So if you had a nuclear plant on the coast, when the wind and solar carry the load during the day, nuclear power plants could be distilling or powering desalination plants. Yeah. And with all the issues we're having with electricity and covering, they want us to use electric vehicles. Yeah. Well, Thomas Massey, when he was grilling Pete Buttigieg, I don't know if I talked about this before. I may have talked about this before uh, in a committee hearing, basically said, do you know what it's like, how much power you have to add to have somebody have an EV charger and charge their electric vehicle? He said, basically, it's like adding 25 refrigerators to your house. Now, imagine every household adds 25 refrigerators to their house. That's going to be a strain on the electrical grid. And when he asked Pete Booty Judge, um, hey, how are we going to do this? Do we have the grid for this? He basically said, well, no, but that means we have to get there. Okay, well, what's your plan on getting there? Like, do you have a plan? Are we close to that plan? Or do we have the technology? Like, is it a year away? Is it two years away? Well, they don't really have any idea. They don't. They just say really nice things. They think it sounds really nice. Uh, when do you know most people recharge their cars during the night when solar isn't available? Uh, well, I mean, the idea is their idea is that the solar panels are like batteries that would then. But if the solar panel batteries run out, then you're going to get a half charge on your car. Um, so sorry, sucks to be you and this push for EVs and electric vehicles and trucks and, you know, semi trucks, semis, there's no, there's not a lot of infrastructure for charging electrical trucks and even buying electrical trucks is even harder to do. So, um, yeah, it's not, that's, it's not realistic. And again, we're coming back to this kind of conundrum that noodles is going to be in if he wants to run for president in 2024 which the people of california might actually in a way benefit from that he has to move back towards the middle and stop being so lefty loony is he'll have to move back to the middle so that he can set up credentials 
to run for president in 2024. We all know that that's what he's doing. We all know that's why he's doing it. We all know that's why he's doing these dumb TikToks, which we're going to talk about tomorrow night. Um, and we're going to go in depth and kind of pick apart all of his TikToks and his truth TikToks and why he's going after red state governors. We know he's running for president, whether it's 2024 or 2028. It could actually benefit Californians in a way because you may get a very moderate Gavin Newsom who says, I'm going to figure out how to fix this. I'm going to figure out how to fix this. Whether he fixes it or not, I doubt he will. It's nice he showed up to this press conference looking all ready to go. You know, the old, you know, suit, no tie and no jacket kind of look. Um, his sleeves rolled up because, you know, here we are. We're going to get back to work. Um, it, it could help us in a way because he might actually address some of these issues and might actually help. I won't hold my breath, though. Um but it may help. And then when he's president, he can do whatever the hell he wants. And he'll be as lefty loony as possible, which again could hurt the Democrats because their party keeps lurching farther and farther left. And the populace itself is not lurching farther and farther left. The populace is actually, I believe staying more in the middle, if not moving more to the right when it comes to the entire American population overall. So yeah, we'll see what happens with Gavin Newsom, but I think he's he's going to run for president, and he's moving more towards the middle. Um, the newer trucks need to have super clean fuel, though. The high-pressure fuel systems are very sensitive. Um, I have an odd topic question you can ignore if you'd like. Fire away. Excuse me. What is the new trash tax proposed for San Diego? Oh, they're... They are, I read about this a while ago. They are proposing that um, they're going to tax people for picking up their trash um, because they don't think they're getting enough money or they're paying the trash collectors enough money. Um, Now, keep in mind, there was just a strike with, was it Alliance was the trash company? I think it was Alliance. It was actually our trash company and we couldn't throw out garbage for a long time. That's another thing. When you can't throw out garbage and your garbage starts piling up, that becomes an issue too. People kind of get really pissed off about that stuff. Um, but I guess they feel like they're not making enough money. So Republic, thank you. Republic was the one that uh, went on strike for a couple of weeks and it made it really hard. Um, but yeah, they want to tax people for trash pickup because they need to pay the trash companies more money. Well, you know, trash companies really, they can hold the city hostage whenever they want. They can just say, well, we're not going to pick up a trash. Although there are contracts, there are contracts and you can't just stop. You know, if you agree to a certain price and that's in the contract, you can't just stop picking up because you don't think you're being paid enough money. I mean, that's the point of signing a contract is you lock in these rates and you lock in that stuff. So, um, but that's an interesting. So I read about it a while ago and I just kind of shook my head and said, you know, great. Another tax in San Diego for now trash, because I thought we already paid for trash. Um, I remember when we burned trash. I mean, I remember when people used to do that too. They get the big old drums and they'd throw trash in the drum and they, they do that. Um, and that was how people would get rid of it. I remember when people back East, when they would rake their leaves and they would throw all their leaves in a big drum and they'd light the drum on fire so they could get rid of the leaves. 
can't do that anymore. No, that was, that was an old school thing to throw all your leaves in a drum. Um, and yeah, they would just burn the leaves. There's trash tax chatter in San Francisco. Not sure how legit. I mean, they're gonna. The thing about California is they find a tax for literally everything, and whether they need it or not, they're gonna find a tax because they kind of just check off the box and they're like, "Do we tax this? No, we don't tax this. Great, we're gonna tax this. Uh, do we tax this? No, we don't. Okay, we should tax this." There's a trash burning power plant in Long Beach and out in Mecca. I mean, they do burn some trash, but that's like. We're talking about like when people used to actually burn trash, like they would just go out and burn their own trash. Any thoughts on California's DFEH changing their name to the Civil Rights Department? I didn't even hear about that. What is the Civil Rights Department? And and I don't trust, um, I really don't trust the state of California to determine what are my civil rights. That's for damn sure. I, I certainly don't trust them to figure out because, um, uh, yeah, it's going to be, <laughs> I mean, it's just going to be their what their imagination of a civil right is. If they, if they don't believe your rights are your, to own a firearm, what makes you think that they're, you're, they're actually going to recognize any of your rights? They're going to tell you what rights they believe, you know, the rights of teachers to teach your kids about transgenderism and stuff like that. Um, but they're not going to get get it right on what your actual rights are, what your natural God-given rights are. Um, but that's interesting. I'll have to look into why they want to start a civil rights department. Anytime the government gets into these phrase, like misinformation department, um, and when they determine what is information what is misinformation or what are your civil rights and what aren't your civil rights um that becomes scary because that's not the point of government that was never the point of government was to determine what your rights are um the founders always believe that uh you would have to that these rights are natural and inalienable meaning they come from nature and they come from god uh the government is just there to make sure that those rights are protected. So, oh no, something happened with my computer. I need a new computer. That's that's for dang sure. I need a new computer um, because this one is freezing up a lot more. You know, you get a flashy Microsoft Surface, and it lasts for it lasts for a couple years. So. Oh, geez, what is going on here? Um, anyway, keep talking away. I'm trying to log back into my computer, which decided to log out. Uh, any new updates on Newsom blocking UCLA from moving to the Big Ten? Haven't followed in a while, but love watching Noodles clutch his pearls over. I mean, he made a statement. Um, I, I haven't seen any action he's actually taken. So, All right, final questions. Got a couple more minutes before we log off for the day. Again, tomorrow night, I'm going to be going over... All of, well, not all of, we're going to go sort of over a lot of the truth TikToks of noodles and kind of go through them because he has a bunch of them now. He's been putting them out pretty regularly. And as much as I like to do the reels and the TikToks that rebut him, you can't really dissect it in 50 seconds. You can do the best you can, but there's a lot of, uh, 
There's a lot of stuff. When are you going shooting? Whenever, man. Whenever you want. Um, you know, gotta gotta send some freedom seeds downrange. You know, gotta keep practicing. So, is there anything unconstitutional about having illegals become police officer? This recent bill really irks me. Um, I don't think so. I mean, are, are you saying non-citizens or are you saying illegal aliens? I mean, they are here. Um, if they're like, if they don't have any green card, if they don't have any visa or anything like that, if I haven't seen the story, so I don't know what, what you're specifically talking about. Um, but if there's someone with a green card, if someone who's gone through a little bit of a process, I don't know. Like if you're asking if like a refugee walks across the border and has no papers or anything like that, and all of a sudden says, Hey, I want to be a police officer. Probably have an issue with that, you know, because you're not technically a legal citizen. Why should you be a police officer? So, but I would look in, I, you know, I I haven't read the article. I would want to look into it's non-citizen. Now, is it a non-citizen who has legal status? Um, that would be, that's kind of where you have to figure it out. So, I mean, there's plenty of people who are non-citizens who, yeah, they're people who have work visas, um, and they work in all different areas. Um, but it's non-citizens. People think UN occupation. Mm, no, uh, I would probably say it's most likely they, they're probably doing this because of the backlash and because of 2020 and the whole defund the police and all that stuff. And we're starting to see the, the ramifications of that and the mandates and all that stuff. I mean, San Diego city lost like 200 officers. Uh, so they're probably looking at it and trying to figure out ways to recruit people to come into the police department. Um, that may be one way they're doing it. It's just saying, well, we're going to open up the pool of people who can come apply because they're looking for people. They're just, the sheriff's department is dying for people. The San Diego city police department is dying for people. Um, so they're probably just trying to figure out how can we get more people to apply and become police officers. But I think it has to, you have to have a visa and you have to have some sort of legal paperwork. It's not, again, it's not people who are just like crossing the border from Tijuana and being like, you know, walking into San Diego city police department going, Hey, I want to become a police officer. Um, I'm all for defund the police of California moved towards being a constitute. Well, yeah, I mean the constitutional carry, I don't think is going to happen here. The big worry is SB 918, uh, and hopefully we'll be able to even carry it all. Uh, I personally believe that it is going to be struck down in court, but they're going to try it and they're going to try it as much as, um, they're going to, they're going to try and get rid of your carry rights as much as possible. So yeah. Arm the people. Yeah. Nobody wants to join the military. Military is down. Nobody wants to be a police officer. Police officers are down. Um, yeah, that's what I'm saying. They need some sort of work authorization. They can't just show up from a different country. They can't show up from Ecuador and be like, Hey, I want to be a police officer. Like, no, you have to have some sort of paperwork. Um, now with the new CDC guideline change, they should allow those 
to get their job back. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I agree. I think if it's no longer a CDC issue, then all of these people who left because of mandates should be, uh, should be brought back because, you know, they're not following science, right? If I don't follow, if the state doesn't follow federal law, then I don't have to follow state law, right? Uh, well, I mean, we could all civil disobedience, but I actually like the fact when states don't follow federal law, which is helpful because you have states like Florida and South Dakota and states like that, which are pushing back and they don't follow federal law. That's what you want. You want the states kind of at odds with the federal government and checking the federal government being like, nope, we're not going to listen to you. That's nullification right there. One one. I keep saying I want to do a whole episode on what nullification is, but trying to work it in with a California angle. How would nullification work? So, all right. Final questions. Uh, like I said, tomorrow night, uh, dissecting the truth. TikToks of Gavin Newsom going to be live on YouTube. And if you don't tune in, you can also listen on, um, Apple, Google, Spotify, all those places, anchor.fm. A lot of different places you can listen to the audio podcast if you don't get around to it. Um, with that said, uh, that's basically it. Thanks for tuning in, everybody, and everybody who grabbed the support or su- stop brownout support nuclear shirt. Uh, there's also tank tops. There's a sweatshirt. There's you know, it's not just the t-shirt. If you look at the actual store, there's a whole bunch of different versions of it, so you can kind of. Go through the store, browse if you want a tank top and you don't want a t-shirt or you want a sweatshirt or something like that. You can go check that out. Um, But yeah, go check that out. It always helps the store. It helps me. It helps the podcast and helps grow. Invest back into the podcast and all that. So thank you to everyone who tuned on and I'll see you on the next one. Later. for listening to another episode of California Underground. If you like what you heard, remember to subscribe, like, and review it, and follow California Underground on social media for updates as to when new episodes are available. 